I'm Jill Anderson. This is the Harvard EdCast. It's difficult to imagine a classroom where the majority of students will walk over an hour to get to school. Or that once they get there, there could be 70 students in one classroom. And then many of those students are going to go home to no electricity. But for Craig Paxton, that's common. Craig is the executive director of Axiom Education, a nonprofit organization based in a rural village on the Eastern Cape in South Africa. It is one of the poorest and most underperforming areas in South Africa. Craig saw an opportunity to make educational change in his country by providing support to help the millions of children living in these rural communities. In the past eight years since Axiom's start, he's seen the number of rural South African students attending university rise from one to 50. Despite all the enormous challenges, and there are many, Craig only seems to see all the potential in these kids. During a recent trip to Cambridge, Craig sat down to talk about this unique work and why he chose this path in education. How does someone go from being an engineer to a teacher? I guess I was a little bit of a reluctant engineer, and so I, <laughs> you know, I was working as an engineer for a couple of years, but didn't really didn't hit a sweet spot for me. And on a whim, really, went and did on my mother's kind of instigation, did a PGCE, which is our teacher year. And from the moment I stepped into the classroom, I just loved it. Being in front of students, loved being in a classroom, but also in the kind of educational space, thinking about these things, reading and, and research was, was a really good fit. And it's been the same way ever since. Were you working in the population that you're working with now at that point when you were teaching? No. So what really got me interested in rural was during that teaching year, I did in a rural school up in northern KwaZulu-Natal, far away from kind of the bright lights of the city, but a really fun experience for me in terms of looking around me and seeing just, you know, lots and lots of schools and lots and lots of kids really weren't getting a good education, which is, of course, not fun, but the stimulation of looking around and saying, well, what can we do here and what kind of things can we find in these communities to make these schools work? And so that started a journey for me that was pretty profound. From there, I went and finished my qualification, taught in a bunch of good schools in cities, actually in the UK and in Canada as well, and then came to the Harvard Master's program with a sense of, okay, I've got some experience, um, mm -hmm. but all the way along this journey, I've been thinking back to these rural experiences and, and now wanting to take the next step in terms of getting something started in a rural community in South Africa. And so is that yeah. when you started the Axiom Education yeah, I took a bunch of really interesting classes across various schools here, campuses, and one of them was around putting a business plan together, right. a nonprofit. And frankly, until I arrived here, I hadn't really got a sense of what kind of work I would do, whether it would be starting a school or starting. Um, and then it, it kind of crystallized around a nonprofit type of intervention. And that process of writing the business plan started the whole Axiom journey. Some of the statistics I read were really shocking and eye opening that in the areas that you're working in, the 80% unemployment rate, 9% of homes have electricity, only 8% of people complete secondary school, one in four finish grade 12. I mean, those are real yeah. hard numbers to hear. Yeah. And what made you say, I've got to go do something about this? I have a sense that as a white South African in particular, 
that I've had a lot of opportunities, but there's also a certain sense that you're <laughs> blessed to be a blessing in a way that you, when you had these opportunities, there's a certain responsibility to give back. And so that was certainly part of the motivation was a sense that, wow, what can I do to be involved and to be helpful here? But as I've said, the other thing was really that it was fun. I really enjoyed living in a mm -hmm. rural community. I really enjoyed the intellectual kind of trying to figure things out. How can we be helpful to these schools um, in a very different context to where I grew up? How can you help this population of kids? I mean, just watching you had a video about a typical day for a kid and they're walking an hour to school. I mean, that's just so hard to fathom coming from you know, an urban American environment. Sure. So one of Axiom's core values is understand first, which has been a helpful kind of way of thinking about getting into communities and into schools where we may look different. Nowadays, 70% of our staff come from the local community. So when I'm saying we look different, it's a small proportion of our staff. But no matter where you come from, I think that the sense of when you're in somebody else's space to first let's understand, let's sit and, mm -hmm. and just make sure that we're listening hard and that we get a sense of where that teacher's coming from. When we walk into a classroom and we see a teacher sitting behind a desk and not teaching, let's before we say they're a lazy teacher, let's understand why they may be doing that and unpack their day a little. For instance, a lot of our teachers, they're traveling in from the nearest town, which is an hour and a half commute mm -hmm. in the morning and an hour and a half commute back. They arrive in a classroom full of children who are many years behind where they should be. And so to try and see progress and reward from your teaching, you know, a normal teacher gets a lot of satisfaction from you teach something, kids learn it, they go on and do well in life. And for many rural teachers, that's not the case. And then, of course, the physical environment that teachers see as their day-to-day -day, uh, is very demotivating. Ceilings are falling down, um, mm. floors are health hazard to get from desk to desk. So to try and understand that that teacher is behaving like that for a reason, and then when, when you can understand that, then we can start to work with that teacher and, and to unpack some of that. It's been eight years, right? Yeah. And you've seen pretty significant changes in the, in the numbers I was reading that You've got 50 students now enrolled in universities, which is huge. What do you consider the most exciting impact that you've had? Yeah, I think there are probably three things that make me excited. The first is those kids that have come through our programs who are now studying at universities or colleges around the country in great programs from medicine to studying actuarial science, so really doing well and have kind of established a well-beaten path to success, really. Mm -hmm. That really isn't there for many rural school communities. And so you've got kids who now are in school and saying, if I do my homework, if I attend classes, I can actually really go somewhere. And, and it is possible because my friend or my neighbor has, has achieved and is doing well. The second piece that I really find exciting is the so one of our programs, the Nobaliso, or Community Readers, employs young people from the community to work with young children around literacy and numeracy and to see how transformational this is, not just for those kids, but also for the young people in Nobaliso themselves, and to see how there's just such latent potential sitting in so many rural communities where the education systems failed these young people, but provide them an environment with enough support and enough challenge that they can grow themselves. Uh, many of them are now going on to complete their grade 12 and move on to tertiary studies. 
the third really exciting piece for me is is around the systemic changes that we we're now because we're a non-profit organization based in a rural community we're on the ground we see what happens on a daily basis but at the same time we we're, we're kind of a bridge between that kind of environment and universities and policymakers and so feeling like that there's scope for a much wider impact on the rural um, schooling system hmm. we hear a lot about globalism it's kind of a buzzword i think and global citizenship yeah. I'm wondering if you feel like you encounter a lot of misconceptions about education and rural settings. Something I've learned a lot speaking with international visitors or when I've been to speak with people outside of the country is the sense that for many people living in a developed country, rural is a very thin slice of the country. It's 2 or 5% of people might live in rural communities. Yes, there are some shared characteristics with rural in a developing country, Things are far away. It's hard to attract teachers, et cetera, et cetera. But in our context, um, rural <laughs> means actually quite a densely populated community. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people that live around the hospital where we're based. Uh, yes, there's there's a lack of services. Yes, um, it's hard to get from A to B. But the kind of picture that we need to paint when we're talking to mm-hmm. a developed country is really that, it, yes, there's a lot of disadvantage But it's actually a a really large population size that is affected. So in in our country, around 40% of our schools would be considered rural schools. And so it's not just a marginal issue. It's actually a pretty fundamental. If we can get this right, it starts to solve a whole bunch of other issues that get kind of spiraled into the urban setting. So we have a huge migration problem from, Mm -hmm. from the rural to the urban townships in South Africa. And... Often what that means is that the urban centers can't cope with this huge influx of scholars. And so to try and figure out well, what can we do to improve the schooling system at home where they then have a family that they can stay with, kind of whole social fabric around the community, be far better for the, the students themselves than having to go and live in a township somewhere and, and try and figure out schooling by themselves. So what are some ways that people listening might be able to help? I was looking at your site and you talked about cell phones. Yeah and a need for that type of thing. Yeah, so I think we just love to talk with people about the work that we're doing. So send us an email, come and visit. We have a really active blog and Mm -hmm. and newsletter um, and Facebook feed. We're always looking for capable people to come and volunteer or intern with us. And send your cell phones, your old cell phones. Yeah, we've got a really interesting project with a local technological education provider called Siavula, which means we're open um, for science and maths. And so we're looking for secondhand devices to make that happen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Craig, for coming all this way. I appreciate it. Mm, cool. Pleasure being here. Thanks. Craig Paxton is the executive director of Axiom Education, a nonprofit organization based in rural South Africa that employs local community members to run education intervention programs. I'm Jill Anderson. This is the Harvard EdCast produced by the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Thanks for listening.